I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer? keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Alenios Podcast. I am Smith, as usual. I'm Alenios Seth. Seth, you sound, uh, you sound a little congested there, my friend. I'm stopped up, my dude. I've been uh, Sunday... Monday and Tuesday, my throat was sore. I could barely talk. And now today I can talk, but my nose is stopped up, so I sound weird. So yeah, that's the. It's just making it this this viral thing. It's just making it through my body. So, but I'm here. That's rough, dude. Yeah, I apologize in advance in case you hear any sniffles, listeners. In case some of them make it through the rigorous editing process that our <laughs> editor does, uh, I apologize in advance for those. Hey, listen, before I learned how to use this fucking program, I used to hand edit every single one of our, our, both our audio tracks for every episode. I would go in and like, you know, bring down the highs and and, uh, and smooth out the lows as well. And now I have a button that does it for me. Wow. Automation, dude, it's going to kill all of our jobs. Yeah, it's, know, already, it's already killing the audio smoothing and podcast business. Oh yeah, dude. It's like I was watching the local news recently, WTOC, and they were talking. They had this like little segment on automation in the farming industry and how they have these new like uh, like robot cultivation uh, like assisted machines and uh, drone like tractors and combines. And there was a it was like oh look at all this wonderful technology. And there was a segment where the reporter was asking this guy like some kind of professor dipshit. And she was like, "So what's going to happen to like workers when the when, like when this what, what will happen to displaced workers? And what's your like? I guess it was part of a larger thing of like, oh, McDonald's is putting in you know touch screens and stuff like that. And so it's like Parker's gas station. And it's like, what happens to the workers who are displaced by these things? And this idiot just sits there and goes, "Well, you know, the economy is going to change, and so is employment, and a lot of workers are going to have to upskill themselves." Wow. And it's like. Fuck you, man. Like that's not a, it's not a good answer. It's not a solution for most people. Yeah. And it's not even like Here's the thing is you can't just say, "Oh, everyone's going to have to, you know, become a, an engineer or something." That's going to everybody's going to have to do because then eventually we're going to have too many cooks. That's the thing. There's there's only so many people, there's so many jobs. And right we already don't have enough jobs for people now. So if you start taking them away, there's not going to be enough jobs to go around. <laughs> Yeah, man, they told everybody like like 15 years ago that we needed nurses. We needed we needed them bad. We need tons, we need lots, and lots of nurses. And that's a, it was a good paying job. It was a it was had good benefits and it had a good salary across the country. So a bunch of people went to school and became nurses. And look at it now. It pays thirty thousand dollars a year, and you have you have the bare minimum of, of benefits. And that's also now happening to computer programmers. They're saying that every year, those jobs, because the labor pool is, is getting broader and the amount of jobs is not keeping up with that, that they're able to pay people less and give them less benefits. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a verifiable fact. And this is, and that's not an accident. That's by design. They want a large, expendable labor force so that you, as a worker, are disadvantaged because you know that if you don't take this shitty job, there's 10 guys behind you who will take it. And so you're forced to, to take shitty to do shitty stuff. Oh yeah, being a <clears throat> being a software developer, um, if you get in if you, if you get in in the right way, you can it can be the nicest job you'll ever have, and you'll make the amount of money you want to make, and you will prosper. But there are a lot of people out there who, you know, they they don't live in a good market or. The market they have is just oversaturated, so they have they have really shitty jobs at really shitty companies, and it can yeah it can really uh, really take a lot out of you. And doing a lot of work. 
Yeah, it's a, uh, and it's yeah. You do you do a lot of work, and one thing about especially with, um, I'm sure every field has this in some way, but especially with software developers, you have you have to learn all the time. As soon as a new technology comes out and is considered verifiable, you got to learn it, and you have to know how to do it. You have to become a pretty like well functioning part uh, developer within that field immediately. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot that goes into being that in that field, and uh, yeah, it's where I find myself. So, does anyone still use A plus? I don't even know what A plus is. Or A is this a computer programming language? It was called A or something. Remember, our dad went to college when he C? was in his like forties. No, no, it was like, and he had all those books on like A and A plus and stuff like that. I think. Damn, that's crazy. I know there's like a certification called A plus, but I don't know about programming languages. I just imagine that, like all those books were printed. Like he, our dad used to buy those like Leo Laporte guides to computer yeah, hardware, yeah. and like that's just a paradoxical thing to me because you know Leo Laporte was on TV, and the books were coming out in the era of the internet. Like how much paper was was committed to like shit that will be completely outdated in six months? You know. Yeah, but it's actually funny. There, there is, there is actually one kind of lucrative business you could be in is knowing a program language that no one else wants to learn. Mm-hmm. Because I once worked at a, a company where they had to hire three COBOL engineers. COBOL is a pretty old programming language because um, they had an old system that was built on it. They needed to do maintenance, but no one knew COBOL anymore. So they hired these three developers. And uh, two of them were unable to accept the job because they were so old that they died during the hiring process. Holy shit! Yes. <laughs> God damn, that's not that's not unable to accept. That's I don't know what you would call that. <laughs> yeah, they died of literally of old age. It's not like oh, they both got in a car accident. No, they died because they were fucking 110 years old and they couldn't live anymore. <laughs> the fucking Grim Reaper claimed their souls. Yeah. So that's that's if that's just, if you want a weird lucrative job that may or may not pay off, just learn some obscure programming language that no one wants to learn. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, dude. Um, but you know, I was thinking this week, uh, I guess it was last week and maybe this week too. I don't know when this thing happens, but it's called, uh, it's called Davos. And I said, do you know what Davos is? Uh, aside from the character on Game of Thrones and Iron Fist. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, from what I can gather, it's where all the people's rich, all like the billionaires and millionaires get together in some ski resort, uh, over in Europe, they talk about uh, the world's problems, I guess, or just like they're mostly it's like to show off how good they're doing, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, there's a, this, it's just a big circle jerk. Everyone's fucking yanking them some their fucking chains on and all this kind of shit, and uh, talking about how great they are. They're very scared of AOC's tax plan. They dismiss it and laugh at it, but they are very scared of it. Um. But there was a recent thing that happened with everyone's favorite billionaire, uh, who I th- I don't think gets enough shit for what he is, uh, Bill Gates. Ah, yes, Bill Gates, formerly richest man in the world, yes, creator um, of Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft and his great uh, OS called Portholes, and uh, it's, you know everyone uses it. Yes. All their all their computers. Yes. All our Computrons use it, and so we are here in the wor- world yeah. one, the normal world. Uh, well, he tweeted this fucking this infographic, which is like titled "The World as One Hundred People Over the Last Two Centuries," and it's like, okay, you take everybody in the world and assume they're just one hundred people or whatever, or you condense it all down into like just one hundred people, and simplify it down to like show these like graphs of how things go and you know it's shit like extreme poverty going way down and basic education going way up and democracy going up and all this kind of stuff right it's it's what you'd expect democracy uh, a quantifiable measure yes yeah yeah definitely um but there's one little problem with this graph because the graph goes back to 1820 okay there's a couple problems with this graph and i'm of course quote cribbing my this this is what we're about to talk about from a uh an article by The Guardian uh, called J- by a guy named Jason Hickel. Um, he's got a couple, couple problems with this graph. First of all, the data going with 1820 is insane. It's meaningless. It's, it was never meant to measure poverty. It was meant to measure like distribution of world GDP. So it's not poverty. It's w- which countries have the most money, right? And so really all data collected before eight, 1981 is pretty bad. But here's the thing too. 
is the the, the one thing this guy want to focus want to focus on is extreme poverty going down, and how that's not right because the argument being made here is, I mean, you ask yourself what is poverty, right? It's not having enough money to get by to live, right? Yes. And this graph wants us to believe that since 1820, the number of people in poverty has gone down. But the argument, and one that I agree with and have known for a while now, is before capitalism and imperialism came to a lot of places in the world, like the new, like like the New World to like uh, America, and places in Africa and uh, uh, in Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia there mm. wasn't really poverty. Like a peasant wasn't poor. You know, like you had food and you had your own place to live and you had the resources you needed to get by. Yeah. Like a peasant didn't have to worry about his fucking uh, medical bills. You know, he had to worry about uh, making rent. Yeah. These are just normal things that we don't think about, but it's true. They, they weren't poor. But here's where they really get you. Here's the, here's the fucking trick of it all. Do you want to guess the poverty line in this, in this graph, do you want to guess what the average daily wage it's based on? Like, if, if 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 you are above this amount of money, you are not in poverty. Do you want to guess what it is, Seth? I don't know, like $50? <laughs> oh, you sad fool! It's $1.90. Wow. If you make more than $1.90 equivalent US to, USD in 2011, then you are not apparently in poverty. Wow, what, what fucking stupid ass backward shit is that? And the thing is, is that people have been saying, well, we need to look at we need to look at poverty as being a, a it's gonna be a higher number than that because that's 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 what that's like not even subsistence levels of, of, of amounts of money, right? So somebody said, or like one, like the big line people agree on, and this is crazy to me. You're not even gonna believe this number, Seth. The line that experts agree on that it should be, like non-rich people experts, is that it should be $7.40, which a I still day? think is insane. A Some day? Folks, a day, yeah, a day. You can't even pay for rent off of $7.40 a day. You can't pay anywhere near what rent would be for $7.40 a day. Well, remember, this is global, right? This is the entire world's poverty line. Ah, but then some people say that I agree with this more than I agree with that is that some people should make we should set it to ten or fifteen dollars per day because even that it seems insanely low, but whatever. But if you change that number, then the Guardian did the math and said that if you change that number to seven dollars and forty cent a day, the number of people living in poverty increases dramatically to four point two billion. Wow, that is you know, little over half the population of the world. And plus, the number, if you if you if you do this adjustment, has been going up since 1981, not down. We are we are not bringing people out of poverty. I mean, obviously, I don't think. I mean, that's like a second grade SpongeBob. I mean, of course, people are getting poorer and poorer. Just look. And also, do you want to guess real quick which country it is that has made the most improvements to their poverty in the in the world? South Korea, China. Oh, I wonder why. Now, what is China technically supposed to be? Uh, communist. Exactly. A centrally planned, state-controlled economy is, is, is doing the heavy lifting on this entire graph of bringing people out of poverty. The free market has not done anything to help anybody but the top 1%. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this... Uh, I, I summed up a lot of this that day. I was watching uh, Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Television show. So in the 1960s. And on that show, a lot of the main characters, like you know Don Draper and Roger Sterling, they're they are exorbitantly rich for the time. Like I know Don Draper make like he makes up to like fifty thousand dollars a year, which back then was like you're basically a multi millionaire. Right. Like, yeah. You're a very very wealthy person. Um. And uh, at one point, Don's uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but a character that's cr- close to Don, I will say. Is, is on the show, and he just has a fucking shitty-ass job. He's a fucking janitor in the building and fucking can't even get shit right, and he's dopey and has basically no money. But guess where he lives? He lives in a one-person apartment in central Manhattan, and he can pay for it off of his janitor salary. Tell me that people aren't poor and poorer every year when you see that shit. Hell yeah, man. Like... 
gentrification and shit. Like, first everybody wanted to move out to the suburbs and get away from the city. And now they all came back and forced out the folks who don't have enough money. Yep. And my question then is, who's going to do the janitor jobs? Who's going to fucking uh, chase people out at McDonald's? Who's going to fucking work in the in stores? Like, who does those jobs if only rich people can afford to live in the city? And how are you yeah. going to commute the entire fucking way if we're destroying public transport? Exactly. You going to fucking get an Uber? In it? I mean, hell, you'll probably be driving the fucking Uber to your other job. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing about the whole automation thing is once enough people don't have jobs, you're going to realize there's a problem because there's going to be t- more and more and more people who are just lit, like on the streets and trying their best to get to make a living but can't because of all this automation and because of what the top, top, top are doing. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to come to a head eventually. It's going to have to happen. It's one of those things where, like, if you think about it for a couple of minutes, you'll realize that the system is not set up to accommodate uh, for this. Like, capitalism has no answer to increasing automation. There is no solution to this problem that within within the current parameters of the system. It's just going to fucking break down. And what are we going to do then? Like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Oh, uh, I just want to say real quick, speaking of systems uh, breaking down, we haven't done an episode since the government reopened. Oh, yeah. And so I wanted to talk real quick about... Oh, yeah. (laughs) I did want to talk real quick about that because there's an important note that needs to be be made here that folks uh, have been ignoring, I think. And it is simply Nancy Pelosi... And the Democrats did not win this for labor. Did not win this fucking thing. Labor no. won it. Yes. Because the air traffic controllers and the flight attendants association threatened to go on strike, and two hours later, Trump was toddling his fucking fat ass out in front of a microphone to tell everybody a deal had been made. That's the power of labor. Oh yeah, like uh. There's all these memes about how the government has shut down for a month. People in like France are like, and you guys haven't burned down one building? Damn, Americans are different. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. We 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 don't take the power of labor very seriously here. Because we're we're almost conditioned to think that it's not that our labor isn't worth anything. Yeah, that's their goal. They want us to think that our, that our labor is worthless and we have no power. And and even like paradoxically, they, they want to break us down into individuals and say you can only deal with this on an individual basis. Like no 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 union, no collectivization, none of that. Nah, uh, just just individual people, and that makes you even more powerless in, in the long run. Yeah, like all these companies that have like individual arbitration clauses. I remember there was one company, I can't remember who it was, but but the workers there got around it by everybody, every single person choosing to do individual arbitration, and they broke the system down. Like The, the, the company couldn't handle that many requests. Wow, that's nice. But, uh, so yeah, it's just like, man, fuck rich people. Yeah, if there's one thing that we want you to take away from this podcast, it's fuck rich people. Did you hear about that fucking the guy in New York whose housekeeper got locked in their apart in their in their elevator? Oh yeah, didn't they like it was like a fifty year old woman or something, right? And yeah. they that she like didn't have any food or water and he was like or the neighbors or something were like, Hey, people can survive several days without water, so it's not that bad. Dude, he literally said what she went through isn't anywhere close to human endurance. But it's beyond what we're used to because we've lost our touch with strength. And I wonder what this man who lives in a mansion knows about strength. He's a literal billionaire. He lives in a townhouse in NYC. He doesn't know shit. Yeah, then isn't there like, isn't there some like rich, like, I guess he's like a blogger or something. I don't even know what he is. Some guy on Twitter who like fasts for like 22 hours and then like a three-day water fast because he's rich and can do that oh you mean jack the founder of twitter oh that was the founder of twitter yeah dude damn i didn't know who i've heard of at jack before i didn't know that was one of the twitter founders though oh dude listen to this shit right here okay this is his exact tweet 
been playing with fasting for some time. I do a 22-hour fast daily, dinner only, and recently did a three-day water fast. Biggest thing I notice is how much time slows down. The day feels so much longer when not broken up by breakfast, lunch, dinner. Anyone else have this experience? All right, I got a couple things. <laughs> First of all, um, 22-hour fast, it's a dumb idea. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean... If you're Jack, you should do a year-long fast and just fucking, you know, rot away. But let's just go, let's just say as a human, you shouldn't do a 22-hour fast. That's stupid. And then you certainly shouldn't do a three-day water fast. There are numerous reasons that you should be drinking water constantly. Well, I did recently find out that a water fast is not, you don't drink water. Or you, you don't not drink water. It's that you only drink water for three days. Oh, that's also stupid. You need some nutrients in your body, my dude. Yeah. You need some protein. The thing is, it's just like poverty tourism almost. It's like, I'm so rich that I can afford to literally deny myself resources. Yeah, that's what a lot of the replies were. It's like people were like, oh yeah, this is just called being poor. This is what people go through every day because they literally can't afford food. And you're like one of the richest motherfuckers there is and you're doing this for fun? Just because you can? Because it's like a testament to the human will and the amount of money you have in your bank account? Yeah, the human will of sitting in your fucking San Francisco mansion and just only drinking water for three days. My God, sir, you went through so much. Yeah. Like, this guy knows the experience of the fucking, I don't know, the troops that died in, in the trenches in World War One. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's been through a lot of shit now. But yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to me that Jack was one of the founders of Twitter. Fuck that guy. He obviously has enough money to be constantly eating probably the best food in the world all day. So, yeah, go fuck yourself, dude. Oh, do you know why he's so excited about time slowing down because of not not eating? Why? He wants to live forever. Oh, oh, that's interesting. That's not surprising at all. It's another one of those things where it's like, yeah, of course you want to live forever. You fucking have everything. Like, yeah, now there's there's like more and more companies sprouting up. Uh, there's one big company that sprouted up recently that's actually going to going to help out the whole blood boy like rich person vampire scenario. Oh, is that is that Peter Thiel's company? I don't know if it says company. It probably is, knowing that he's one of those guys. I, I just heard. I just been reading about this company. I can't remember its name. It had like a really fucking stupid ass name. It's like it's already in like bigger cities in like California and New York that's gonna help people do the whole get young blood in you thing. Is it Ambrosia? That's probably it. Sounds dumb enough. <laughs> Peter Thiel was literally cribbing his name from the goddamn Vampire the Masquerade game. Like he's reading about vampires killing people and struggling with their inner monster, and he's like, Sounds good to me. Yep. Go for it. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, we're ruled by such fucking monsters! Oh yeah, it's fucking, it's, we're fucked. Like, they're not even smart. No, dude, That's they're the thing, it's like, it'd be great if, I wish there were, like, evil geniuses, like you see in movies, who, like, are so, they've outsmarted everyone, and that's the reason that we've been to their will. But no, we just, we have to be to their will just because they have money, and they're not even smart. It's just, it's sad. Yeah, dude, they, I mean, and plus, the further removed they are from the generation that made the wealth, the fucking dumber they get, too. Like, the, the, the kids of the original billionaires are dumb as fucking bricks. Yeah, they're legally just fucking idiots. And you're like, you don't deserve your wealth. Like, you didn't work for it, you didn't earn it. Like, I don't even believe people should have that amount of wealth to begin with, but you didn't even do anything. You didn't even fucking build anything to have acquired it. You inherited it from your parents, and now you can just coast through life facing no challenges ever. Yeah. Wow. Uh, how many billions of people live on a dollar ninety a day? A dollar ninety. And that's just the ones who are above the poverty line. How many folks are fucking below that shit, too? Like, they're struggling, you know? Like, for real, real. Like, shit, man, I read those sticks and I feel good about myself making fucking $13 an hour at my job. Goddamn. I'm in the yeah. fucking global 1%. Makes you feel grateful. But it's it shouldn't, ridiculous. because people should all be taken care of just for, you know, being alive. Because you can't, you can't, you don't control that you're alive, you know? Like, you're born. You shouldn't have to be fucking tortured just because you're alive. That's true. That is true. Nobody fucking chose this shit. 
And another thing I just want to note, I want to note is I see people who who are real fucking uh, scared. They're scaredy cats about the idea that one day things are going to have to get violent in the world yeah. against these fucking billionaires. And to those people, I say, uh, suck it up because they're not going to let go without a fight. It's going to get gruesome at some point. Somebody's head is going to have to get separated from their fucking body. And thing is, realize this, understand this for two, these two essential, very important points. The rich are not human. They just ain't. They're not like us. And they would do the same to you in a heartbeat. Exactly. That's why I keep... Every time I try and... Every time I try and talk to somebody who might not be on our political side, I'm trying to talk to them. One thing I say is that having the amount of money some of these guys do, it makes you superhuman. Yeah. You are You are not a person. You are a god. You are actually a living god because there is nothing you can't throw your fucking piles of money at that, that there's nothing that exists. You can do fucking everything because everything in the fucking world costs money. The only thing you can't do is you know, you know, probably you know, be happy. They're probably fucking miserable sometimes because they. You, you, what do you do? What do you? What, when nobody can say no to you, when you don't have anybody, when everyone's just a sycophant on you, like what do you have? You just have money, and you can just oppress everybody else because you're a fucking miserable person. Yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, you just just look into any billionaire's eyes. Look into Mark Zuckerberg's eyes, and tell me he would not destroy our entire town if it was if it would save him a billion dollars. Oh yeah, if it made if it, no, not even a, a billion dollars. If it made Facebook like run five percent faster, he'd destroy our town. <laughs> he wouldn't even think about it. No, he'd be like, "How many people? I don't even know why I asked." Yeah, press the button. <laughs> Speaking of Mark Zuckerberg, have you heard about the recent thing that happened with them? No. Um, okay, so this is an article that comes from Reveal News by Nathan Halverson, uh, which is about Facebook has been knowingly duping game-playing kids and their parents out of money. Okay. Elaborate. So so you know how there's games online that have like a credit card or you could pay to win in certain things, right? Yeah. It was like like Facebook had developed a, a system for their employees to use to get kids to spend the money and then to make it incredibly hard to like get the money back uh, when the kids realized that, or, or their parents realized they had accidentally spent the cash. They mm-hmm. they did everything they could to make sure that these kids that they were that they called whales. Um, to like, so they could they couldn't get their shit back, and spend like, and there's one time I see here where a 15 year old kid spent sixty five hundred dollars, and the company denied their request for refunds when he realized that it, it was costing real money. Wow. And it says right here that the amount of money that Facebook earned off children had such large chargeback rates, a process in which the credit card company is forced to step in and claw back money on behalf of parents, that it far exceeded the FTC's uh, uh, and has said it's a red flag for deceptive business practices. And they did this for years, from at least 2010 to 2014. That's so fucked up. Even I know, One thing I thought was fucking crazy was... Uh, Jack Black, you know, famous actor. Mm-hmm. He went on like Conan or something a couple months ago. Talked about how his son was playing um, like some microtransaction game on his phone, and had ended up charging like twenty three hundred dollars for their card or whatever. Which obviously for Jack Black is not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's pocket change. But he was, but he, like in the interview, he was like, "Yeah, these game companies, they they actually like kind of." prey on kids who like happen to have their their parents credit card and he's like and he's like he even said like if i didn't, if i wasn't in this situation i'd be you know being a wealthy person i would be devastated by the by the, the financial loss i had there and i'm like yeah, yeah fucking obviously of course it means there's a fucking problem it's like and it, i'm reading and as well also later on an engineer at facebook uh came up with a solution uh, this lady, uh, her team, they found a way to fix this, to, to stop this from happening that would have that would have prevented these charges from happening by, by keeping kids from spending too, all this money, right? But here's the thing. 
the report will say that from 2010 to 2011, children have spent a whopping $3.6 million on games. And it said that implementing their solution would cost them money, so they chose not to do it. Yeah. I hate the idea that from business where... um. First of all, one idea is that the fact that the businesses have to get have to make more and more money every year, no matter what, is an issue. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I hate the idea that when you make a new, when you get a new source of revenue that you shouldn't have had in the first place, you don't want to get rid of it anymore when you shouldn't have had it. Like you, they shouldn't have had this source of revenue from exploiting children. But then they're like, oh no! But now we have to keep it because otherwise we're losing money. Mm-hmm. You're not losing money; you're giving back money that you shouldn't have had in the first place. Yeah, and but that's but they don't see it that way. They see it as a, a, a damaging their bottom line, so they don't do it. And I mean, I mean, what what else can you say? That's just a, that's just it's a fucking it's it's a bad business practice or not? It's, sorry, it's a good business practice, but it's bad in terms of like just more like moral certitude, right? Like, fuck you, this is not good. Yeah, it's it's oh my god, it's so fucked up. It's like I saw somebody the other day, a libertarian, was talking about like government regulations or something in, in all this and saying something about like the amount the amount of money it takes for like organic food companies to, to uh, like uh, keep records and maintain all the stuff they need to get organic certification. And somebody was arguing that it was that, that was too expensive for smaller farmers like co-ops and stuff to get started in the business. And this libertarian, you know, his response was what? If you can't afford to work in the industry, if you can't afford to run a company, if, if, if that expense would, would impact your bottom line too much, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it at all. And it's like, do you understand that what you're talking about is anti-competition? Like, aren't libertarians supposed to be all about competition and the free market? And what you're saying is, let the big monopolies handle it and you just shut your mouth and do whatever they, whatever they tell you to do. Wow. It's like... It's almost like the free market isn't actually free and doesn't want any real competition. Yeah. The free market uh, was free for about 10 to 20 years, and then enough people took it over to where no one's had a chance since. It's fucking ridiculous, dude. You know what? I, I want to I talk about something that is uh, 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 positive, I guess, for Let's a moment. Do it. Uh, so I went to go see a movie last weekend. I know we talk about movies a lot on this podcast, but I went to go see the, uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Anne Hathaway, uh, vehicle Serenity. Oh, you went and saw it? I did, yeah. You should have told me. I would have gone to see it too. Oh, shit. But okay, I don't want to talk about the movie. I want to talk about an event that happened before the movie. Okay. I walk into the theater here in our, our town, or the town over from where we live, and I'm in line, and a guy that was standing in front of me, who I would describe as aggressively normie, like t-shirt, jeans, baseball cap, the backwards sunglasses, you know, on the back of his neck, like average Joe here in, in South Georgia. Yes. He turns around, looks at me, and I am, uh, I mean, I'm also wearing a t-shirt and jeans, but my, my t-shirt has Karl Marx on it, and <laughs> I'm just like the complete opposite of this dude in a lot of ways. Yeah. He looks at me and he says, hey man, what would be a good movie for me to go see? Oh man, I would have fucking eaten that question up. <laughs> I would have soaked in it for so long, he would have stopped asking me the question. <laughs> what movie should... I'm in line at the theater. I need, not only do I need to see a movie, I want a movie that's starting relatively soon. Which one should I see? <laughs> And I was like, uh, I mean, I'm going to go see Serenity, but that's a weird movie. Um, and I said, I mean, you know, I hear Aquaman's good and Vice is good. And the guy was like, oh, I saw Vice. And I was like, oh, was it good? He said, yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of had that little conversation. And yeah. so we, we kind of like tapered off there because he got a phone call. And then he looked back and walked over the fucking ticket taker in front of me. And he requested a ticket to go see Serenity as well. That's great. You inspired a man to go see um, from what I've what I've heard from spoilers to be one of the most batshit insane movies ever. I just I condemned him to two hours of this. And then about two thirds of the way in the movie, Seth, I will say this. I want you to see it first before we talk about it on the podcast. Oh, I will, I will for sure. 
But we were sitting there, and a reveal happens in the film, and this old couple who was there got up and fucking left. Oh man, I have had, I have so many specific stories of people walking out of movie theaters that I, I, they, I love it so much. I love when I'm at a movie, and like a lot of times I'm enjoying the hell out of it, and I'll look at someone and they're just like, enough is enough. I paid $10, I've been here for an hour and a half, and I'm not satisfied, <laughs> they leave. A man's gotta have some dignity. Yeah, I can't just let this happen, okay? <laughs> all you just... all you livings can sit here and let Matthew McConaughey do this to you, but guess <laughs> what? Guess what? Me too, buddy. I'm out. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. That reminds me of my experience watching Suicide Squad when somebody walked out. I can't even remember what they walked out at, but they did not come back to the theater afterwards. What I, I want to like, do what what? I wanna, is I want to go, go see a movie. Any Like a movie I've already seen. Like something I, yeah. I go see a second time. Well, let's say like uh, the next Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I want to I'm gonna see it, obviously. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until like it's a smaller crowd for the movie. Like a matinee on like a Wednesday, like three weeks after it comes out. Yeah. I'm going to go out, I'm going to see the movie, sit there for an hour. I'm just going to get up and verbally say, you know what? That's enough. I'll walk out. And, uh, and then 30 minutes later, I walk back in. You know what? I'm giving it another chance. <laughs> and then sit back down. Dude, just just like, <laughs> just go see the Lego movie 2 or whatever. And oh, like hell stand, yes. Just stand up 45 minutes in and go, all you liberals can sit here and let this movie roll on as if it was totally fine. But I will not subject myself to this nonsense and then yeah. walk out of the- and, then, and then I become the guy who does that in every movie. <laughs> the, the theater has talked to me. They're like... Okay, you do this every time. You understand that you're paying for these tickets, right? And you know you're doing this to yourself. Just at some point, stand up and you yell, You're telling me a toy can talk? Yeah. I saw this movie 15 years ago. It's called Toy Story. I'm yeah. done. I've seen this movie five times already, and I still don't get it. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That 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 would be a great gimmick right there. I- that would be such a good bit to, like... <laughs> Emphatically, tell everyone who continues to watch this movie they are absolutely worthless. Walk out, come back in twenty minutes later. <laughs> you know what, guys? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I want. I want to watch it too. It looks fine. I feel like after the third time, you get arrested. Like oh, yeah. they'd Every, be waiting. I would at least get banned from the theater, and then probably oh, my in God. a very appropriate maximum security prison. The fucking movie police come to get you. Oh my god, dude! Okay, we've just covered our new performance art. Oh, that's my that's my new bit now, for sure. Oh my god, man! But yeah, I felt very bad after the movie. The guy he left the theater, and I saw his face. He just looked bewildered. Yeah. Oh man, dude. I was, I've seen that before though. I've never been the type of person who's just like, you know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just go to the movie theater, and what happens happens. Yeah. I've never been that type of person. It sounds nice, but I just, I go to see movies because I want to see them. I've sat through some stinkers before. I sat through Green Lantern, all right? If I can do that, yeah. you can watch anything. We sat through that one, but luckily, right after, we stuck into First Class, and that was a good movie. That's true. That was good. Not First Class on a plane. We, we weren't on a plane when this happened. We were on no. X-Men First Class, the movie. I would never be on a plane. Nine out of ten of them crash. You have um, been on a plane. I was risk my, risk my life. For, for a job. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, going to see Serenity, I saw a preview for a movie coming out soon, which I can't remember the name of it. I wish I could. I know this is a terrible endorsement for the movie, or, yes. or what I'm about to say is going to be weird. I'm, I'm already into it. It stars the main male actor from The Americans. My lord, you were just... You, not, you don't know the name. You don't know the name of Matthew Rise, no. either. Oh, you know his name? Matthew Rise, yes. Then it is not him. Never mind. He looks like that guy. There's Kira Knightley. Okay. And the blonde man from True Blood. What's his name? Skarsgård? Yeah, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. And it's like post-World War II Germany. This like British family. It's the fucking dude from who looks like the guy from the Americans. And Kira Knightley move in to this like... Uh, a house where this German officer used to... Or, I don't know, German guy used to live, right? The aftermath. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The aftermath, yeah. And yeah. the plot of it is that the British guy gets cucked by a Nazi. Damn. <laughs> Damn, and movies just, are getting wild now. They really are. They're, they are running out of ideas quick. Yeah, they're like, man, after these Oscar nominations, we're just going to start making anything. Like, hey, what if we had a British, just a the wheel of things, like, just throwing darts at it. Ooh, British... Soldier, officer, cucked, cuck. Nazi. Cuck was in all caps. And they're like, they're like, no, cuck was their first idea. Okay, we're making a cuck movie. What mm-hmm. is going to go around the cuck? And that's what this is what they came up with. Oh, there we go. Okay. So it's, we got the concept first, and then we come up with the, the, the set dressing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Jason man. Clark is the man you're thinking of. Jason does, Clark. Okay. He does kind of look like um, Matthew Rise. A little more weight on him, I think. Yeah, but he's been in some stuff. He was also in Serenity. He was, yeah. That's uh, that's why I, I don't know. He's he's in that movie. He's he does a weird he does a weird role. <laughs> but, I, uh, yeah, I've heard some, I heard a lot of stuff in that movie. So, but uh, speaking also of uh, set dressing, have you seen the Fire documentary on Netflix? I haven't actually. I'm gonna watch the Hulu one next because I hear the Hulu one is a fuck you to the Netflix documentary. So that should be interesting. I don't even know what that means. Okay, so I'll explain it to you real quick. The people who were involved in the promotion of the Fire Festival, the company that handled it was called Fuck Jerry. Uh-huh. That was, I don't know how you can do that, but I guess you can you can name your company Fuck Jerry. I guess you can do that in America. Sure. Um, and they are the same people who provided the footage and made the Netflix documentary about what happened with the Fire Festival. And throughout the documentary, these guys go to great lengths to say, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't know. No one told us. We were here in New York. It was happening down there. Hey, what not us, right? And then Hulu's documentary is trying to say, oh no, they knew and they're culpable and Netflix sucks for giving them money to make the movie for them. Damn, that's a, that's like a, that's a bad move by Hulu. But well, why is it a bad move by Hulu? Because Netflix, after the the Golden Globes or the Emmys or whatever that shit was, Netflix, their competitor, tweeted to go watch Killing Eve on Hulu because that's how good it is. They that's promoted their competitor. Also, also, Hulu did pay a quarter million dollars to the guy behind the Fire Festival to appear in their documentary. So yeah, fuck. I mean, it's, it seems like for some reason we're all obs- like we're still obsessed with Fire Festival. Uh, let's just say this. Fire Festival was a fucked up thing. Ja Rule, you're better than that. Uh, um, and yeah, I mean, I and also, why are people? What is it with the both documentaries coming out on the same damn day? Like, come on. Hulu was trying to scoop Netflix. So yeah, but I'm gonna watch. I'll probably watch one or both of them because it, it is a very, it's a kind of an interesting subject. But damn, I mean, these people, everyone's already got fucked over. Why do we gotta like make a competition out of who's gonna talk about how they got fucked over best? Well, here's the thing. I watched the Netflix. I'm gonna watch the Hulu one soon. Yeah. And the Netflix one has all the. I, I never really before the Fire Festival thing happened. Like I saw like one tweet about it once. It was not marketed to me at all because I am poor. I don't yeah. have the money to go to this thing. Um, but I remember like some of the advertising being like, oh, all these like Instagram models and stuff are going to be on an island. You're going to go hang out with them. It's going to be a fucking like baller or whatever. But now watching it in full in the actual documentary, I realized something about Fire Festival stuff. Uh-huh. Fuck everybody involved. Fuck the guys. Fuck Ja Rule. Fuck this fucking guy who set it up. Fuck the people who went to it. Fuck the guys who worked on it that was involved as well. The only folks I have sympathy for in this whole scenario are the Bahamian like laborers who built the fucking place. I they yeah. didn't get paid. I feel bad for them. I don't have no sympathy for these fucking rich kids who flew down there and had to spend one terrible night in a fucking shitty tent on a fucking tropical island. Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, I that's things that during the whole series, I never felt sympathy for those people because, like, one, honestly, if you looked at the promotion for Fire Festival, like, looking back on it, like, if, if I was the kind of person who was going to try to attend it, I would not have gone because it was falling apart at the seams as it was going on. So, yeah, you're stupid if you went. Um, ja Rule, 
fucking find better investments, my dude. You, you haven't made a hit in a while, so you probably need to, like, use your money wisely. And the dude who did it, he is just the most openly stupid person I've ever seen. He's just like, yeah, I just thought I could basically build a city in the Bahamas for a weekend and it was going to all go well. And I mean, I don't know why it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, and the best part about it is, is as soon as he gets like slapped for the fire festival stuff, he's going to go to court for it all. He calls up some like some videographers to come to his penthouse he's living in, by the way. He's living in a goddamn penthouse in New York City somehow. He says, turn on the cameras and leave them on. And then he proceeds to get a guy he knew from somewhere else. And they just start doing crimes. They're doing crimes on, t- on the fucking camera. What do you mean? Like, they start calling people who are on the fire Festival, like, email list, right? Who, like, customers who, who tried to go and try to sell them tickets to shit like the Met Gala. Which you can't get tickets to the Met Gala. It takes 30 seconds to confirm it's online. Like, they're, they're, it's invitation only, right? And they're oh, scared. Yeah, yeah. I heard about this part of the documentary. I didn't know it was them that doing it. I thought it was somebody else involved with the fire. No, festival. man. He's literally in the room with the guy he got to do it for him. So he's he's like, oh, if he's doing it, I can't get in trouble. You're on camera telling him what to do. Yeah, dude, you are fucking stupid. You, I, I mean, I cannot imagine a person who deserves to spend the rest of their life in prison more than you. I think they said his maximum sentence is only going to be like six years anyway, which is crazy to me. Yeah, which is insane because he like, fucked over a bunch of actual hardworking people. He did fuck over a bunch of bourgeoisie people, too, which that probably balances out a little bit, but, I mean, he's fucking bougie. He probably got his money from his parents, most likely. Oh, yeah. I'll say this, all right? This is real simple. People are like, oh, what, are you going to send people to prison for... Listen, free all the weed-smoking people and all the cocaine doers and all the fucking guys who did petty theft. That's fine. You send these fucking white-collar criminals straight to fucking, I don't know, the San Quentin. You know? Yeah. Fuck those guys. They deserve to be in jail. The poor the poor folks should be free. I want them to be in a prison with very, very corrupt guards who <laughs> extort them at all times and still beat them up. Oh, man. I mean, seriously, though, once the fucking revolution goes down, we're going to have to put a lot of folks in work camps. Be a lot of folks in the re-education centers trying to that's get true. their fucking mind right. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so Fire Festival. I was I was watching that. I was watching the fucking promotional material for it. It's all these like bikini clad models jumping into like crystal clear blue water on these expensive ass boats. And you know what I, you know what I thought to myself, Seth? What? I thought ISIS should show this to their recruits. I'm I'm almost sure ISIS took some of that imagery and put it in there. Like newest promotional what? material. What could sell people on the great Satan more than this, than showing off our pure, unadulterated excess? Oh, yeah. While they have nothing. People love excess. It's like, dude, there's going to be a fucking reckoning one day. But, uh, speaking, by the way, of, of pure excess, I wanted to tell you about this great headline that I just found, or I didn't just find, but I found it a while back from the Washington Post. Uh, all right, I'm going to read the headline off to you, Seth, and you tell me when it gets bad, okay? Okay. Daniel Snyder's new Uh-oh. $100 million purchase oh, no. is the first super yacht That's not good. with a certified IMAX movie theater. Yes, and uh, for the listeners, who's Daniel Snyder? I don't know who he is. Uh, okay, let's... I'm just going to... I'm going to do a quick Google search as to who he is. I just want you to give me some guesses right now as to what do you think this guy does for a living. Let's see here. It says it's DC Sports Bog, so I'm going to assume he owns a sports team somewhere. I'm going to assume, like, the Washington Generals. Wow. You are so close. Just the wrong Washington team. Oh, who's he own? Washington. Just, oh, my. Redskins? Redskins. The Redskins. Motherfucker, of course he does. He owns the Redskins, and he owns a super yacht, which has an IMAX theater in it. And he is a pathetic-looking man whose net worth is $2.2 billion. Oh, my God. I thought the worst we would see was the yacht with the, the hangar for the smaller yacht inside of it. This is worse yeah. than that. Yeah, no, this is worse. I mean, there's there are prosperous cities in America that don't have IMAX theaters. And this man's yacht cities. has one. There's prosperous cities that don't have a hundred million dollars. Oh, I mean, yeah, that too, of course. 
Oh my god, dude, that's so, like, I, I dare anyone to explain to me, tell me why that is okay, like, why should any one person have that amount of resources to yeah. themselves? And, like, if you're gonna have that, it better be the, it better be where you fucking live, and how you trans, transport your, trans, your transportation to every event you ever go to, but in reality, he's probably gonna use it, like, five times a year. Which is fucking disgusting, considering he can spend that much money on it. And yeah, it's just like, and like, if you make fun of him for it, like people people will say, "Oh, what about the workers that built the yacht? Like, what about them? Don't you hear about them?" And it's like, what if they were put to work building something useful and not a super yacht? Yeah, like, it's like those guys who are building that yacht. They're not doing it because they want to; they're doing it because they have to. If they didn't have also, to do that, they'd have a contract to build something else. And also, it's not like they're fucking getting paid the commensurate with the amount of, of like, skill it takes to do that. Like, they're still getting exploited. Yeah, the $100 million isn't going towards making sure those those laborers can buy yachts. It's, yeah, dude, it's, uh, I saw that headline and I, was, I just wanted to shit. I was like, I was so mad. I just wanted to take a shit. I don't even know what to say about that shit, dude. What is there, you know? The fucking, I mean, what is more appropriate than the man who owns the most racist fucking organization in the goddamn world to have segregated off in his own fucking universe of a yacht, um, his own world where he can just do whatever he wants and everyone else will have to walk behind him in their own trail of tears. Oh my god. You know what? I want to. I want to do. I want. I want to go off on on two people real quick, Seth. Let's do it. All right. First of all, is the uh, nominee or the sorry one of the people running for Democratic nomination for president is Kamala Harris. Yes. Can we just say fuck Kamala Harris? Yeah, I'm not into the whole cop angle. The, do not vote for cops. Do not vote for fucking prosecutors. You know, yeah. especially. And she has no charisma at all. Have you seen her Wakanda video? I wanted to fucking die watching that shit, dude. Like it was not only was it not funny at all. Like even the Colbert audience, it was for a Stephen Colbert thing. Not even the audience was like doing was laughing at the fucking you know pre roll thing or whatever. Mm. Not only was it not funny, but she literally didn't emote or have any form of charisma that like you'd think you'd put into it if you're going to be a, a political candidate who's making this video that's based on the most popular movie of the year. She's staring into the camera like a fucking zombie, and it yeah. scared me. She's just like, oh, yes, with Wakanda, we'll have good trade relations over blah, 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 blah. Who cares? It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, And she does the whole, like, Kamala for Wakanda or Wakanda for everything at the end. You're just like, it's cringe. It's so fucking cringy. I hate to use the word cringe because I know it's been like made into a bad thing or whatever, but fuck that. I cringe. Like I watched it and I'm like, I recoiled from the screen. Yeah. People but anyways, Kamala cringe. Harris is out here and people are digging up a lot of her fucking stuff from the past. And let me tell you something, dude, Kamala Harris is fucked up. Like she did some terrible things to people. I mean, like, she like some homeless lady who was like working 18 jobs to take care of two kids. She like put her in prison forever and she's like happy about it. She was like, oh yeah, we're going to prosecute her because her, her children, this is her big project. So children were being truant from school in her, in like in California or some shit. So her plan was, let me prosecute the parents of truant children and that'll get them to go back to school. Yeah, that works really fucking well when the parents are probably struggling to get their kids to school in the first place. They're not keeping them out for fun. Yeah, that's not how it works. So yeah, she prosecuted a single homeless mother of three who was working two jobs because her, her kids didn't make it to school all the time. And Kamala Harris claims this was a success story because in the end, the woman did not go to jail. She did not get like a, a actual like court a court case. Instead, what she got was social services helping her out. But like your approach to that was to f you couldn't just call social services. You had a prosecutor to do this. <laughs> you yeah, fucking that's... arrested her for this. Such a weird way to do the, like, do vigilance with truancy, I guess. I don't understand where that comes from. 
And the thing is, too, is Kamala Harris is trying to like position her as the fucking progressive uh, prosecutor or whatever. But it says right here, statistics from 16 to 17 indicate that truancy is a problem disproportionately affecting communities of color, foster youth, homeless youth, and students with disabilities. Like, all marginalized groups were affected by this. Yeah. She made fun of Black Lives Matter. She she said that it was unrealistic and that and then it was like uh, basically people people were like being reactionary about it. Yeah, you're uh, you're being too idealistic there. She believes in basically she doesn't say it, but she believes in broken windows policing. You know, where like oh we go to a neighborhood we clean we clean this shit up and that's gonna make it better. We're gonna we're gonna clean out all the fucking people who commit crimes and of course that'll help. And it's like it's never worked, not even once. No, people will still commit crimes. You just make more people who commit crimes. And the bad part about all this is, is she's going to be the nominee. Like, unless Barney runs, um, she's going to fucking be the nominee. Like, she's getting all the, the TV appearances. She's got all of Hillary Clinton's staff uh, working for her now. She's the, the, the establishment favorite. She's got all the corporate backing. She's going to fucking win the nomination and lose to Trump. To be fair, if you were running for Democratic seat, why would you want Hillary's people to help you? <laughs> That's a good question, Seth. They I wish we knew. Royally fucked up. Oh my god, yes. Or maybe the biggest fuck up in any election ever. Actually, the biggest. I'm not. I'm not saying maybe it is the biggest one ever. It's fun. I cannot. I just can't believe this is. This is who we're gonna make the fucking nominee. I mean, I, and that, but it, it all comes back to the fact, like we talked about earlier, is that aside from somebody like Bernie, there aren't that many good Democrats to run. That's true. They haven't produced, and like, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I Kamala Harris. Of, of the sad thing is, of of the people they have, she might have the most personality. I think. Okay, this is not an argument for personality. This is an argument for better policies. There is one person who is distinguishing herself from everybody else. You know who it is? Who? Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, she. That's true. That's true. Now we have made fun of her, and rightfully so, for her DNA test bullshit she pulled. That yeah. was not cool. But, did you see her new proposal for a wealth tax? No. She wants to tax everybody that's making over, that has mm. over $50 million, 2% of their of their entire like net worth uh, every year. That's amazing. Which would generate, they said, $2.75 trillion over 10 years. I love it. I mean, I think raise it to like 5, 10, but yeah. And it's like, this is something that's never been proposed before. I, don't, I, th- I think Bernie Sanders proposed it at one point, but it never really got part of his platform in 2016. It's like, other countries have done it, and it's worked there, worked wonders. And the best part to me is, there's even a part of it, a, a, a section of it, where it's like, if you try to renounce your U.S. citizenship to get out of this, we will go ahead and take half your in, your half of your assets immediately. Damn. So... If Bernie doesn't run or doesn't get the nomination, the only person I, w- I would even consider voting for is Elizabeth Warren. Like, for real. Like, the only person I would consider uh, voting for. Yeah. But, speaking next of... election is going to be wild. Oh my god, dude. The fucking... Oh, the primary is going to suck dick. Um, the other person I want to talk about, though. Have you heard, Seth, about Howard Schultz? I haven't heard anything recently, but I'm sure I'm going to. The CEO of Starbucks is running yeah. for president as an independent. Oh, I heard, I saw an Onion article about this. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, what the fuck is up with this guy? Do you know who he's running against? In independent? Yeah. No, no. Do you know who he's running for president against? Alexandria uh, I- Ocasio Cortez. He's running president against her? Yeah, dude, because every time he talks, it's about her 70% uh, wealth tax, or tax, or income tax on the wealth, on the wealthy. Yeah. He's talking yeah, about, like, it's like, he's like, he's un-American or something, right? And it's like, the Democrats have said this, and I'm like, no, one Democrat said it. The party has not even adopted it as an idea. It is a fringe position, but he is that shook. He's that scared that he's going to run for president, independent, because he's terrified of this happening. How old is AOC? She is 30 now this year. You think you think everyone's, like, all the Republicans and GOP are just happy that she's not 35? 
2024, she will be old enough. Yeah. And yeah, they are probably... I saw one thing in the day some Republican staffers were saying that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the best politician in America. They're like, she's doing better than we are. Like, she's winning people over. <laughs> Something I, we're I, not used to Democrats doing. I have an idea. I think mm-hmm. we should lower the age to be president. Guess what age I want it to be? 16. Zero. Zero. <laughs> you can run for president at any age as long as you were not born on the the, the second that you filled out the application. <laughs> Dude, how could you vote against a baby? Like it would just be baby president from now on. I think baby president would be great. Michael Scott has a whole bit about it. There, there would be no war. That's there true. Would be baby no president. There would be no taxes. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Maybe president would be great because it would be like having no president, which would rule. Exactly. It's like it's another thing from the office. It's like when they when all the people realize they can kind of just work without a manager. They don't really need it. It's like yeah, we don't really need a president. We can just kind of do without. Oh yeah, like an argument for a, a, an office with no bosses, just everyone kind of like oh you know like a worker yeah. co-op or a, a syndicate, you know, where everyone just like uh, does work by themselves. Yeah, that'd be fucking great, wouldn't it? Yeah, sounds awesome. But the great part was they uh, this uh, in a morning show. I can't remember which one it was today. Howard Schultz was asked, "What does a box of Cheerios cost?" And he had no idea. Oh yeah, he has he has no fucking idea. <laughs> no, no, what shit costs? It's like Arrested Development when Lucille Bluth's like, "How much could a banana cost? Ten dollars?" <laughs> yeah, like twelve dollars. Yeah, of course. You're so fucking out of touch. How do you you'd have no idea. I saw folks who were like, what a bad question. It's not like that has any impact on his impact as a movie president. I'm like, no, it's yes, not it meant does. to. Well, yeah, that, that, that too. But like, it's not meant to do that. It's meant to show off that he has no connection to normal people in our struggles. Which, which exactly is a, a, a measure of what a good president would be. If they don't have any idea, if they literally are so out of touch, they don't know how much cereal costs or something, just some basic need, how much it costs. They don't have a good idea of what it's like to be a citizen of the of the country because most citizens know that stuff. They know it by heart because they know they have to pay it every week or month or whatever. Yeah, like most folks have the budget and shit. Yeah, look at the fucking budget. He owns Starbucks. Yeah, all all he has to budget for is more red cups during the holiday season. <laughs> Remember so when they had that, that fucking they hate Christianity? Thing? Yeah, dude, hate Christianity. Starbucks. Remember they had a thing at Starbucks, a thing about, like, ask your barista about their views on race. I wonder if anybody ever actually did that. Like, even as a joke, I wonder if anybody ever actually asked their barista about race relations. Dude, I I cannot imagine what that conversation would have been like. Can you imagine asking some overworked, like, 20-year-old their views on race relations in America? Yeah. That would be a pretty, pretty tantalizing conversation. But yeah, dude, Howard Schultz is out here saying that he he represents the moderate middle of America. You know, the the centrists. He's gonna he's gonna do comprehensive tax reform and comprehensive immigration reform. And we don't want radical solutions. We don't want a wall. We don't want universal health care. We want the same. We want more of what there already is, the status quo. Yeah. How about you comprehensively go to hell? How about you? I about to say, how about you fucking suck my dick, coffee bitch? Yeah, coffee bitch. Hate, that is gonna be my nickname for him. <laughs> I hate him, and I can't. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's only running for president to sell books. Like he's got to do book out or whatever and promote that. But still, fuck him. Okay. I hate this dude. This is gonna be a really dumb joke, but I think that they should um on the since he's the guy who owns Starbucks on his book, they should misspell his name. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. Um, that was a lot. We covered a lot this episode. We did. I think we're done. Black Panther nominated for Best Picture. Uh, you know, me and you, we have different views on Black Panther. I mean, I guess we both, we both do view Killmonger as the hero. The true, the true hero I, of the movie. I, I view him as a hero who had a very confusing, not, not very fleshed out plan. But he was the hero for sure. Um, I personally, I think the awards are a joke, uh, in general, um, and not any Black Panther for best picture is just, is just even more of a joke than anything else. I disagree. I think Black Panther does. I think that, cause in my opinion, those are the best movies of the year are the cool fucking fun movies. And I think Black Panther 
while I didn't like it as much as Infinity War, I, I think it deserves a nomination because it's a big movie and it was fun to watch and a lot of people enjoyed it. And I think that's what we should reward sometimes. Hey man, in that case, you might as well nominate Fast and Furious, which I would totally accept. That I would. Being best I, if Fast and Furious seventeen gets nominated for Oscar for Best Picture, I will go to the Oscars. I'll find a way to be there. <laughs> I would support that. That's a movie that the, the, the people enjoy. I I know Black Panther made a, made a billion fucking dollars and everyone loved it, but I got my issues with its politics and its depiction of various things. And I love Black Panther the character. He's one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like I feel like could it could have it's 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 one of those things where you're just being a, a Debbie Downer about something people like. That's probably true. I don't know. I blame Disney. Fuck Disney for for the shit they pulled. For I I feel like Ryan Coogler wanted to make a more radical film, and then they dumbed it down for a lot of people. Maybe I think the Coogs made the movie he wanted to, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I haven't been inside of his head, so I have no idea. <laughs> Have you visited his mind palace? I haven't. I bet it's kind of cool though. Haven't dream walked into his into his area into uh, his like fucking uh, uh, crystallized mental state to view his 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 hopes and fears. Yeah, that sounds that sounds appropriate. You mean something? You never you never dream walked? You never gone to the dreamlands and brave the the cats and of Ulfar? That's the end of the Illenials podcast. Our artwork was done by. <laughs> Marcus Barkley, he's a puzzle on top of a mystery, wrapped inside of an enigma. He's um, definitely a dreamwalker, for sure. Yep, our, uh, what else do we say at the end? Remember our favorite superhero, Sleepwalker? Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He has a podcast <laughs> called Southern Smackdown. They talk about wrestling with a, uh, they're both from the South, that's why it's called that. We're going to have Ben on to talk about a wrestling thing that we actually didn't get to this episode pretty soon. So look forward to that. That's going to rule. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm a, at MCSurf. Um, on Twitter, at Life of Seth. Um, you can lead a... No, fuck Tom Brady and First mm-hmm. Reformed. It's back on <laughs> the list. Uh, you can lead a horse water. Just can get under it. Uh, we stopped trying to outgrow our problems, and we're just going to outlive them. Or, I don't know. Yeah, that... <laughs> I'm and so, from New Orleans to New York, it's the Podcast. That's the first time you said that one. I know, Goodbye. right? Bye. <laughs>